welcome back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead Welcome back, my friend. Round number two, Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. It is, uh, we're just dropping a little bit, but we're going to keep on dropping all day long temperature-wise. 52, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 52 at the Highlands. 53 at my uh, backyard uh, weather station in Elm Grove. And 53 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Looking for rain most of the day. Some heavy rain here in the morning, a little break, and then we'll come back later in the day. Temperatures dropping down to mid-40s by afternoon. And then tonight, we are going to be in the 20s, perhaps. Uh, Certainly in the 30s with widespread frost overnight tonight. That means a freeze warning for tomorrow morning. You want to be aware of that. When it's over and done with tomorrow, it'll be sunny and uh, 45. We'll be in the 40s most of the week and then uh, up into the 50s with sunshine uh, over the weekend. Um, If you want to join us, you can. 304-214-1600. 304-214-1600. Coming up in a minute or two, Brad McElhinney is in. We've got some stuff to talk about in terms of West Virginia politics. Secretary of State Mac Warner in to talk about human trafficking. In the 9 o'clock hour, the author of the book, and I will say right now, Bob, I'm going to get, as soon as I start talking to this guest, I will get a text saying, where do you find these crazy liberal guests? Uh, Because some might think she's... uh, well, a communist. Uh, I'm not sure. Marjorie Kelly has been called one of the 15 people at the forefront of reinventing our economic system. She thinks capitalism has failed and we need to be more concerned for the common good. We'll talk with her about her new book that is out. And, of course, we've been reflecting on the sudden death of Matthew Perry over the weekend, about Matthew Perry, the actor, about Friends, the TV show, and about other TV shows that are of, um, of that successful nature. You're welcome to join us. Phone line 304-21, uh, text line 304-214-1600. Phone line 304-232-8255. Mentioned I was at the Uniglobal High Valley Travel Show at the Highlands on a Saturday. And a great show. Bill did a tremendous job. Packed house there. But, oh, my Lord, Bob, I never saw as many people at the Highlands as I did for the Christmas at the Highlands event. It's a big craft show they do at the sports complex. People were literally out the door of the sports complex, winding down and around the sidewalks and around the block, if you will, at the Highlands. Uh, traffic was jammed up there. It was just a, I don't say a mess because, I mean, people were there for, I'm sure they enjoyed the craft show. But, wow, it was a, uh, it was a lot. And a reminder for y'all, tomorrow, I'm going to say weather permitting because I assume that's true. They're going to be cleaning the tunnels. They're going to be cleaning the tunnels starting tomorrow. So the game plan right now is uh, the Wheeling Tunnels will be closed westbound 5.30 to midnight tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Halloween night, westbound lanes will be closed 5.30 until midnight. And then on Wednesday, eastbound lanes will be closed to watch the Wheeling Tunnels. So be aware of that. Uh, Weather permitting, I'm going to say, we'll be getting a... uh, uh, the tunnels will be clean. I'll be glad to see them get clean. They're so dark in there. Remember that uh, morning we left town, Howard, and they were doing something in the tunnels. We got all that back yeah, backdraft. Well, they're doing whatever outside the tunnels and all sucked into the tunnels. That's right. 
I want to talk real quick before Brad gets here about roads. Now, we have spent a lot of time talking about the streetscape and everybody, you know, bitches and complains. And we all, we all kind of can do nothing more than laugh about it. We know there's a mess that's out there right now and it's going to be out there until the streetscape gets done. But we know that in the end it's going to be a good thing. But, Bob, we have talked primarily when we talk about the streetscape problem, we talk about Main Street. We talk about coming down the street, coming down here to the radio station. Have you looked at what the mess they've got there on Market Street? It's a real mess. As, as, as I was down there Friday, I had a little bit of business to do. I had to walk down, and it looked to me like uh, Market Street was completely closed at the McClure. It seemed like that you couldn't, you could not. Uh, I don't know how the hell they stay in business, like <laughs> like a lot of businesses in Wheeling, when this was going on. But you couldn't, you couldn't get to it. No, Market Street is closed, and from at least 14th up to 12th. I don't know if it's further back than that, but and right in front of Vagabond Kitchen, there is a gigantic hole in the ground. Matt Welsh in one of his social media posts called it a swimming pool. He says, I think they're building a swimming pool out there. It's I don't know what they're doing. They're laying some cable, they're they're putting in new pipe. I'm not quite sure what it is. But those businesses, I think of Matt Welsh in the Vagabond Kitchen. I mean, he's just shut off. I mean, just shut off. How's Earl Brown going to have a show on Saturday night? And and the brand new Belgian waffle place. They just opened up, what, a month ago? They're right down the street from Vagabond Kitchen. They got this this gigantic hole in the ground right in front of I'm sure they're struggling to just to get people to know they're there. And you can know, hello, I know you're there, but I can't get to you. So we've talked a lot about, you know, how bad it is on Main Street. And it is. Market's worse. But market right now, at least between 14th and 12th, it is a mess. And I I really sympathize with uh, Matt and the Vagabond Kitchen and the Belgian Waffle Shop. You're right, Earl Brown, the Victoria, uh, whatever's there between 14th and, and 12th Street, the streets just shut down. No, you ain't going that way, buddy. You ain't going that way at all. You got so. the Carlos jewelry there. I mean, there's. Yeah, the, yes, I mean, how in the hell do you get there? You don't. You, I mean, you just, well, I guess you do. I mean, I assume the sidewalks are so you can. Although I'm not even sure about that. If you tried to walk down, and surely if you walk down in front of Matt's place, they wouldn't tell you you can't go by. But that giant pit they've got is right there. I mean, it's right there, Howard. Jeez. I only hope that it's going to be short-lived. Um, all right, there we go. It's 8.16 of the Watchdog Morning Show. I uh, had planned on Friday to talk to Brad McElhenney about a couple of state politics things, and then uh, then my COVID shot got in the way of me coming in on Friday. So we'll talk to Brad about that and more coming up next. Now in Menard, save big money in your next project with 11% off everything. Update your garage with a new Chamberlain garage door opener. Our chain drive model comes with built-in Wi-Fi, allowing you to open and close your garage door from anywhere. Get it today for $129.99 after rebate. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through November 5th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. Is your business protected from cyber threats? 
In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared on FM on AM online on demand and on video we are where you are the watchdog morning show with Howard Monroe is here now you've got a friend in me you've got a friend in me when the road looks rough ahead miles and miles from your nice warm bed you just remember what your old past said boy you got a friend in me as a tribute to the uh, unexpected death of Matthew Perry, star of Friends, we are using bumper music of Friends uh, these uh, this morning, and uh, that's from Toy Story. That was a good. Who I I should know the guy who who did the who performed that. Randy Newton. Randy Newton. Yeah, I'm just I love his music. He's just fun. He's he's a fun. His music always sounds like fun. You know, it's just fun music. You got a friend in me, and you got a friend in us. Bob Slider and I are here, friendly to you. Most of the time. Good thing you weren't here about five till seven this morning, but that's okay. <laughs> all is calm and all is well now. Eight nineteen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Welcome to the program, uh, Brad McLenny from Metro News. Good morning, Brad. Hello, Howard. I'm glad you're back in the saddle. Well, your your phone is was really garbling here. I don't know if it's your end or our end. Can we try to to call again? Mm, I will try. Uh, okay. wait, stay no, stay wait, right wait, there. Stay wait, right you, there. The second time you spoke, it sounded okay. So let's see how it oh, goes. Okay. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. You sound well, like I you're. Was, I was. You sound like you're underwater there for a minute. The yeah. <laughs> Send the dog for me. Get me out of the hole. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, thank you for walking me back. Uh, you said you had a little bit of a reaction to a COVID shot recently, right? Either had a reaction, or I thought I was going to have a reaction, and therefore did. But I, so I got. Flu and pneumonia all the same day. Two shots in one arm and one on the other. So I did it on a Friday, which was strategic. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday I had it in my head. Well, you know, I, I had heard people had a reaction, particularly with this version of whatever. And so I, I felt a little bit achy. But, but because I went in expecting that, I wasn't sure how much was me just imagining and how much was true. I didn't. I have never had a reaction to uh, a vaccine ever. Flu, uh, pneumonia, or certainly the COVID. I've had four COVID shots. This is the fifth. Never had a reaction. But man, the middle of the night on Thursday night, um, it just hit me. And I got up Thursday morning to come to do the show, and I didn't. I didn't make it ten minutes. And I had to call in and told Bob, "Listen, I, I can't. I can't make it." Now by ten o'clock, ten thirty, eleven o'clock, it was all gone. It was a short-lived reaction, but. It it just hit me, but the first time I ever had that kind of reaction. So, but you know, well, so. get your shot on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. If you got Saturday and Sunday off, well, let me tell you, just so you understand this, my wife and I had plans to get our shots together, 
And then for some reason, she jumped the gun on Thursday. And when I was here, she said, by the way, I'm already here getting my flu shot and my COVID shot. And I said, well, we were going to do that, you know, like tomorrow together. Well, I just had some time and I went to go do it myself. Okay, well, I guess I'll come and get mine too. So that's otherwise I would have made a Friday effort as well. Uh, hey, I want to talk about the governor's a couple things, but let's talk about the governor's race uh, for a minute. We have, and we will again here in a second, talked a lot about the Republican race for a governor. But uh, we do more or less officially now have a Democrat who's in the race, right? Yes, Steve Williams, who had the longest and most incremental buildup in the history of state <laughs> politics. He, he announced that he was thinking about it, and then he announced that he probably would, and then he announced that he definitely would, but that he wasn't going to officially register. And then the final announcement was, all right, I signed the dots. <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> we had him on a couple of weeks ago, and um, I thought that was like the final announcement, but I guess not. He signed, what, pre-candidacy papers last week, so he has... Um, theoretically ended the uh, uh, ended the, the the questioning and he is now officially in the race for governor now that's that he's running as the sole democrat and probably i assume will be the only democrat probably in the race um so we won't focus a lot on him until we get past the gop primary because the republican primary is still a pretty crowded field and would you say i mean the the, the numbers vary between top and bottom but in some ways, Brad, would you say it's almost anybody's race in the Republican field? I mean, the polling and the fundraising to this point have shown Morrissey and Moore Capito somewhat ahead. Uh, and then with, with Mac Warner and businessman Chris Miller, uh, a little bit behind that. But, you know, you don't know. I, I've seen more polling that I, I have less confidence in recently that, might have shown that when J.B. McCuskey, the auditor, dropped out, maybe some of that support went to the Secretary of State, Mac Warner. But I, I don't know what to think at, at this moment. Uh, I will say that it is fast and furious right now in terms of all these candidates being competitive and the the rivalry among them is, is building. There have already been a couple of sessions when they've been side by side by side. One was the state chamber event in August, and it was sort of parallel play. It was a forum, and they didn't really do a lot of back and forth. Uh, Hoppy and I each attended a political action committee meeting in Huntington. This is sort of a center-right pro-business pack, mm -hmm. and they had the four candidates, again, in a forum, not a debate, and, and they each got a chance really just to do the stump speech. Uh, but I, that's going to change, I think, pretty soon, and, and the... The electricity, I think, is going to build, and, and you're already seeing some back and forth with uh, more competitive comments among the candidates. Now, Metro News is going to do a statewide debate in December, I think it is. Um, and at this moment, am I right, Morrissey is not going to attend? He has declined. And to mine, what, what Secretary of State Warner said about it, I don't have inside knowledge, but, but he's my source. Um, Warner publicly said that Gray Television, which is WSAZ and a few other stations around West Virginia, is trying to organize a debate. And so is public broadcasting. So I think distinct audiences of West Virginians. But Warner questioned whether Morrissey is going to do any of those. 
Morrissey and his campaign counter-proposed. They want to wait until after the official filing deadline, which is late January, and then they propose that the candidates themselves and their campaigns cooperate on a series of three debates, uh, both more Capito and and Warner's campaigns said that is malarkey and that they, they accused Morrissey of just dodging the available debates in front of of the candidates. So a few things that I, I wonder if Morrissey is going to be on the outside looking in of three pretty high profile debates that I don't I don't think that would look good for him, but maybe that's the way it's going. And then you know, his brief statement of hope that the candidates would cooperate on three debates after the filing deadline, when when two of the camps immediately say, well, that's nonsense, that doesn't look good for your desire to do it that way. What, what's, I mean, what is, what's Morrissey's thinking here? Is he, um, is he pulling a Trump just saying, I'm the front runner and I just don't want to be with these guys, I don't have to be a part of a debate? Uh, I know that he at one point had a real grudge against you guys for some stuff that you reported and he didn't think was fair. And has been and was vocal about it at that time. Is this a is this a um, a grudge resurfacing against you, maybe, and other media as well? And what's 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 going on here? I think a key part of Morrissey's pitch is to try to seem inevitable, like Thanos. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the more he can try to say things are on his terms, the more inevitable he looks. He has suggested, I think both publicly and privately, that he thinks some of the candidates in the governor's race will drop out before the filing deadline. Uh, you know, fundraising has been a challenge in particular for Mac Warner. Uh, Chris Miller has his own personal wealth, and he's, he's loaned his campaign significant money, but hasn't used it yet. So Morrissey believes that, that the filing deadline, to actually put your name really on the ballot is key. I don't sense that any of these candidates are thinking of dropping out. Uh, you know, in particular, taking a look at Warner, he he seems like his life's ambition is to be governor. I mean, he mm-hmm. talks about it very passionately that he is a West Virginian. It's his dream to actually live in the governor's mansion, which is a shot at you-know-who. Um, <laughs> when I saw him in Morgantown, he introduced his wife as the future first lady. I mean, yeah, I guess you got to think positive. But my, my takeaway is he remains very serious. I don't see signs that he's considering dropping out. And if Morrissey believes that the field will narrow, then I, I, I just don't see the signs. Uh, finally, Morrissey is the one who should have the greatest statewide name recognition. He is a three-time statewide office holder who often does his duties on – the national level, all these lawsuits uh, that go to the Supreme Court, taking on the EPA, he has generated a lot of name recognition for himself. The, the wider the field is and the more spread out the vote is, it seems like it's to his advantage to have up to four candidates in the race. So I'm not totally sure why he is banking on fewer, but um, that's that's his take. Yeah, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but then uh... – not my job, I guess, for it to make sense. It's his job to decide what he, what he wants to do. But it seems a little, it seems like we have a pretty good field. Um, again, there is some disparity between top and bottom right now, both in fundraising and in polling. But still, I think that 
in some ways, I would say it's anybody's race between now and Election Day. Uh, you know, the the uh, the puzzle could be messed up a little bit. So I I I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll have to see how it's all going to play out. When is your debate? Your debate, the Metro News debate. This is December seventh, so it's you know it's coming up somewhat early, but our view is that these candidates have already appeared together uh, at, at other events, and it's pretty hot and heavy right now. I mean, they're exchanging barbs and getting out around the state, and we want to give West Virginians uh, an early view of what these candidates are all about. The other thing I would say is. You know, they each characterize themselves as some form of conservative. Morrissey says, I am the proven conservative. Uh, Capito says, I am uh, the get-it-done conservative. And so when you're, when you're differentiating in kind of the same, um, the, the same part of the stratosphere right. among these candidates, I think it, it helps to get an early, just, just to put your ear to, well, you know, what do they mean when they say that? And and what policy points are they are they touting to say that they are conservative? I mean, you're you're going to have to winnow it a little bit about well, what am I getting out of each candidate? If they're all conservative, which one's mine? Yeah, which which conservative are you? Yeah, I, yeah, it, it, exactly. Um, you know, the one um, candidate in the field that intrigues me when Chris Miller announced, I kind of thought it was a throwaway. I mean, I wasn't familiar with him. I've become more familiar with him now. I don't know that he's anywhere as a top figure, but I get the sense he's still – I could see him breaking through. Let me put it that way. I just have a feeling at some point he could break through. He can hold an audience. He, he's an engaging speaker. Uh, sometimes – I mean, it's very off the cuff, so sometimes his thoughts don't necessarily flow in an orderly manner. But he, he, he'll hold an audience, and, you know, the, the other – are, are governmental figures. And if West Virginians have a taste, as they have in the past, think Trump, think justice, have a taste for someone coming outside of government uh, and, and into potentially the chief executive office, then then he is portraying himself as that guy. I, I will say he, he says uh, that we got to we got to fight the good old boy system. Uh, Chris Miller is the son of current congressional <laughs> representative Carol Miller. So uh, he will go before the Chamber of Commerce and local business groups and say, we've got to knock down the good old boy system. And he is uh, a well-connected person himself. i got to tell you, you look at the field of candidates on the Republican side of things, it, it defines the good old boy system. I don't mean that necessarily pejoratively, but, I mean, these are, these are all players in the good old boy system. Uh, I mean, it's been Republican dominance for a decade now. If good old boy system means rats, then Steve Williams accepted there's almost no no sense in fighting Democrats. Uh, If it means the establishment, I don't know. I guess if you if you are a three term statewide office holder or a two term statewide office holder or the son of a congressperson, it would seem that you might be part of the establishment. Brad, let me just shift gears for a quick second before I let you go and talk about the current governor. Um, the governor, well, there are some lawsuits being brought about jail staffing and problems in the regional jails. And uh, the governor um, and his, I think, the chief of staff and others were were supposed to be deposed. That's been delayed by courts right now. 
I was intrigued by the governor's comments that he didn't, no sense in deposing him. He didn't know anything about it. I was too, and I was surprised that he answered it that way. You know, it, that was my question, and there is an ongoing battle about whether the governor and the chief of staff should testify in a class action lawsuit that especially takes on conditions in the Southern Regional Jail. Uh, their argument in court by their lawyers has been, well, they're very busy. They don't have direct knowledge of what goes on in the jails. So I thought, well, you know, let's just ask them why they, why they wouldn't. Uh, let's have an open discussion. But the governor has declared a state of emergency that continues to exist across West Virginia's correction system. Seemed to me that it's a major health and safety issues for West Virginians, the conditions in the jails which would be in the realm of the chief executive officer. The, the governor's response when I asked was, this is what surprised me. He said, I'd be glad to, to testify under oath. Uh, well, that made my eyes pop. <laughs> but he said, you know, but I don't know anything. That made my eyes a, pop. <laughs> it would be a teetotal waste of time. And yes, I mean, all right. I, I would not expect the chief executive who has, multiple responsibilities to know the the down and the dirt nitty gritty about um, a, a particular jail or what the conditions are. But I would expect who declared emergency in the system to have a, a philosophy about the way he would like to fund and run the jail system. And I, I think that is what the plaintiff's lawyers are getting at is, you know, what do you expect out of this? Are there expectations set by the chief executive officer? One of the quotes that he gave and that you have in your story, I don't know anything about this and I can't help you with anything. It, it, it just, it, it prompted me to make a note on the, my page here. Where does the buck stop in his administration? What else does he not know about? Right. Um, there's an interesting West Virginia watch story today that I would guide you to by our friend Amelia Nicely about uh, his fellow Republicans in the legislature saying that he doesn't have a handle on the problems in DHHR. You know, uh, significant child protective services issues have arisen again in recent weeks, and it's not gotten the governor's attention, judging by his weekly press briefings. So, you know... He is passionate about tax cuts and um, about the, the state of the budget. And he is passionate about tourism and DNR issues. But he now is on the record saying, I don't know anything about corrections. And there are complaints about whether he is fully engaged in the status and quality of service for DHHR. It seems like some of the comments he made to you in, in reference to this would go to the point that some of his opponents might want to make that he isn't engaged, that he is not a uh, a governor that really is paying a lot of attention to what to what goes on, um, which certainly may come back to haunt him, perhaps, in his uh, run for the U.S. Senate. I'm not sure. I, I have one other great big issue around this uh, jail thing. I got to ask you about. Did you figure out how to spell teetotal? <laughs> yeah, he said. Uh, it- what was the quote that it it would be a teetotal, an absolute teetotal waste of time? And I had, I was not thinking of the traditional from alcohol. 
So I had TEA dash total story in the headline initially, and then this is the way I spent my evening. I was I spent my <laughs> evening thinking about whether that was correct. Pretty pretty relaxing evening, and finally decided. Well, maybe it means utter sober. You know, like very serious because you're completely sober, and it should be teetotal, T E E T O A L, and so. After the fact, I, I changed it to that. But nevertheless, the governor has a, um, a unique way of speaking that sometimes has unorthodox phrases. And that was one that I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it's teetotal, like not being drunk. <laughs> well, so you set it on TEE, right? Hey, I will say also, you know, in the same, the same press briefing, the governor said, I don't know anything that could help you about conditions in the correction system. Uh, he, he also said that he was going to send a letter to the NCAA, the governor of the state, Saw that. about the eligibility of an athlete who would like to play at WVU. So this is my takeaway. On the one hand, the chief executive officer says he doesn't know anything about the jail system that is within the portfolio of his administration. But on the other hand, the governor of the state is sending a letter to the, to the NCAA the governing body of college athletes to ask specifically for the eligibility of college athletes to be reconsidered. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe I need another diagram of what the responsibilities actually are. Get the whiteboard out. Yeah, for real. Hey, i got to run, Brad. Thanks for your help. I appreciate it very much. Good talking to you. We'll do it again soon. I hope you have a teetotal great day. (laughs) I'm going to be hoping for goodness. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm hoping for goodness today. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, It's 838 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Secretary of State Mac Warner is going to join us. He's talking about human trafficking uh, today in Wheeling, and we'll we'll find out what that's all about coming up next. But first, uh, Taylor is here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 30th. A car crash happened just last night on State Route 7 near Toronto and Jefferson County. We know that two ambulances and highway patrol were on scene. We still don't know if there were any injuries, and we have yet to hear any more details from officials. Stay with 7 News for additional updates. And a tentative agreement has been reached between UAW and Stellantis. UAW President Sean Fain applauded the union's negotiating skills in a video on X. The workers have been on strike for 45 days against the top three car makers. Stellantis North America's COO Mark Stewart says the company looks forward to welcoming back its thousands of employees and resuming operations. President Biden also applauded the news, calling it a testament to the power of unions. And here in the Mountain State, Governor Jim Justice has ordered flags to fly at half-staff today to honor the victims of the horrific shooting in Maine. The order is in accordance with the presidential proclamation that was issued last week. The Justice Administration says it will be a mark of respect for the victims of the senseless act of violence committed in Lewiston. And now that Congress finally has a new House Speaker, it has sparked legislative action in Washington. Issues like funding for Israel and Ukraine are hot topics, but West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito is pushing for action on another pressing issue, the southern border. She says the next round of bills has to address the continually deteriorating situation at the U.S.-Mexico border. She notes that last month alone, 269,000 migrants were apprehended, the highest number in history. 
And for the second year in a row, a local crossing guard teamed up with United Bank and Marlin Market to put on a trunk or treat for her bus stop kids. Sheila Long has been the crossing guard on Marlin Heights, and she once again did something special for Halloween for the kids at her bus stop. It was a great event, and the kids were very excited to get off the bus that day. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's time to close the book on West Virginia's victory over the Knights of UCF back on Saturday. West Virginia winning that game by a score of 41-28. The Mountaineers now are 3-0 all-time in games against UCF. Neil Brown talked all week about the importance of getting off to a fast start. West Virginia did. For the first time this season, the Mountaineer offense scored points on its first three drives. They had a touchdown, a field goal, and then another touchdown. West Virginia's defense, turnover... Thirsty recorded multiple interceptions against UCF for the third time this season. It's also the second time that West Virginia had three picks in a game this year. The other time came against the Pitt Panthers. West Virginia's defense forcing four turnovers in the game. The first time they've had four turnovers since November of 2018 against Oklahoma State. Running the ball, very important, obviously. West Virginia goes over 100. In fact, they go over 200 yards. The Mountaineers are now 23-7 in the Neil Brown era when they go for over 100 yards. And as West Virginia did eclipse the 200-yard mark, it is the third time in the last four games that West Virginia has cracked 200 yards. Individually, Garrett Green, a career-best three rushing touchdowns. It's the third game this season that he's had multiple rushing touchdowns in a game. C.J. Donaldson has now scored a rushing touchdown in six straight games. He went over 100 yards for the second time this season. The other came against the Pitt Panthers. That is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us in part by Kroger, official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
Sat on their park bench like bookends. A newspaper blown through the grass falls on the round toes of the high shoes of the old friends. That's why you're the bumper man. I I never would have thought of this. We're doing uh, bumper music that reflects on Friends because of the passing of Friends star Matthew Perry. This is a great song, by the way. I love this song. Always have, but I never would have thought of that and putting that into the into the mix. So that's why that's why you're the bumper master, man. I appreciate it. Good job. Eight forty-five, quarter till the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. It is a Monday. Let me welcome to the program West Virginia's Secretary of State, Mac Warner. Good morning, Mr. Secretary. Good morning, Howard. Love being with you. You are here in Wheeling today, or going to be, uh, to talk about human trafficking, and I want to get to mainly that. And I promised myself I was not going to do any campaign talk since I wanted to do <laughs> human trafficking. But I do want to ask you a quick question because we were talking with Brad McElhaney in the last segment about uh, the debates that Metro News is doing. And one of your opponents, Patrick Morrissey, apparently doesn't want to engage in that debate and some of the others. You're going to debate, right? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. What's the value of debates to you? What do you what do you think debates do for you and or for the general public? Well, the main idea is to give the public an opportunity to see and hear from the uh, candidates, you know, in their own words, firsthand, uh, to compare and contrast, uh, you know, what the, the, the people who, who they are, what they stand for, uh, the way they articulate their message, and uh, that's why I'm disappointed that uh, the attorney general has decided not to participate, but. As I've said, uh, if I were in his shoes, I probably wouldn't want to try to defend some of the uh, his background. Uh, so I can see why he's trying to avoid these as long as possible. But I'm excited uh, to get out there and have a chance to talk with the public about uh, what I plan to do as governor. Not as a talk show host, but as a – well, also as a talk show host, but more importantly, as just a citizen of the state. I always uh, feel it's important to be able to see candidates side by side, you know, answering sort of the same questions and see how you differ from – uh, your other opponents, you know, what's the distinction there? You all are coming at it from a very conservative point of view. Which conservative point of view is the one that represents your position? So to me, they're very valuable to the general public, and I, I don't fully understand why anyone would not want to take part. I don't, I don't fully get it. I need to ask you this only because, again, in our conversation with Brad, he said that there are some people saying that perhaps you were – considering dropping out of the race. I'm just curious that, if there's any truth to that whatsoever. Uh, that's Morrissey trying to do some wishful thinking. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the next governor, and that's just uh, you know false news, uh, fake news, whatever, that somebody's trying to push out, uh, hoping that that would get traction. But it is going nowhere. I'm in this race, and uh, I'm going to be the next governor of West Virginia. It seems to me um, that at this moment, this is really anybody's race as far as the Republican field goes. I mean, I think that there, I think any one of the candidates has a chance to come. My opinion has a chance to come out on top. So we'll see how it uh, see how it goes. Um, but um, I just want to I didn't want to get into campaigns to talk too much, but I did want to ask you those couple of questions just as follow ups to what we had been talking about. You are here or are going to be here. I'm not sure which it is today in Wheeling to uh, talk a bit about uh, human trafficking. Tell me about that. I got this idea from uh, Iowa, the Iowa Secretary of State, and he told me the story of a young girl who was being trafficked. Uh, was in a, a, a truck stop. A trucker was taking her cross country, and uh, she went into a bathroom at a truck stop, um, and she didn't have a cell phone or computer or anything, but she saw a sticker on the, the stall in the bathroom, and it said, Stop Human Trafficking, and 
uh, gave points as to how you can report something. Well, she went out and she told the, the clerk at the, the counter. The clerk called the police, and they had the guy, the trucker, arrested before he left the truck stop. And I'm like, wow, that's a real story. It happened. And if we can just save one person here in West Virginia. So you think about where you are in the northern panhandle, uh, the people going across 70 over in the eastern panhandle, uh, the interstate's crisscrossing. Uh, it, this does happen. And all we need to do, this this program, it's called uh, WVBAT, West Virginia Businesses Against Trafficking. And what we're trying to do and, and why I'm involved is because I keep track. I'm the chief business officer for the state. People tend to think of me as the chief elections officer, which I, I am. But the largest part of my office is geared towards keeping track of businesses, over 139,000 businesses. So what we're doing is we're reaching out to those 139,000 businesses and asking them to participate in this program. It costs nothing. If they sign up, we, we provide them the material, such as the stickers and the, the training and so on. And what we're doing is asking people like it, that run hotels, truck stops, um, any place where you interact with the public to be a part of this. And there are three main parts of it. The first is to provide information to victims, how they can seek help. So we just use the example of what happened in Iowa. Then the second is information for businesses on how they can assist in the effort. And then the third is information to the public on recognizing signs of trafficking and reporting that. And so I didn't know until I got involved in this that there's a hand signal for help. So if somebody can't scream for help or yell or they're, say, in a car, if they simply hold up their hand, think of a fist, but instead of the thumb being on the outside mm-hmm. of the fist, the thumb being on the inside. If you see that sign, especially from a child, that is a scream for help. That's saying, help me. And I can't physically you know, yell for help. I can't whatever. say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the sort of public awareness. And that's all we're looking for in this is a public awareness for everybody to be involved, recognize the signs, and then to report it. And there are a number of agencies doing this. It's not just my office, but the Department of Homeland Security, the, the state police, the Fusion Center, um, all of the, the, the governor's office. We're all working to educate the public, and that's why I appreciate you having me on to talk about this. From my perspective, if somebody just gets on our website, wvsos.gov, then it leads you towards the human trafficking um, uh, website. So it can inform you as a business how to sign up. It can inform you as a victim how to report something or for the public, simply knowing those signs to look for to report human trafficking. You know, Mr. Secretary, I think some people still consider human trafficking a – you know, something we watch on the movies, not something happening right outside our own doors. Exactly. And just think of with the open borders and the problems and drug trafficking and so forth. A lot of these things are related, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, you know, using illegal aliens and so on uh, and, and keeping them. Sometimes they, if they did have a passport, those are taken from them. There are all kinds of ways that human trafficking occurs. And unless we're aware of it, it can be happening right under our noses, and you not even recognize it. You talk about information to the victims, to the public, and to the businesses. And I, I, the public thing is really good. I, I actually only recently had learned that help me signal, uh, which I think is it's a great thing for nobody wants to believe their kids are going to be in danger, but it's not a bad thing for their kids to understand the help me signal because it could be it could literally save their lives. Um, and for victims, the idea would be to just the put the stickers and the posters in places where a victim might be able to 
to see something and and then learn how to how to what what actually what happened in was it Iowa Illinois it was an I state what did you tell Iowa me? Iowa what happened in Iowa I mean so the girl goes in she sees this what does she do well it was actually inside the stall so think of using the toilet and you're inside the stall you're sitting there and all of a sudden you look up and here it's a sticker and it's it says you can that's the nationwide efforts you can so it's you can the victim report this you can as a uh, the public at large, you can report this if you see it. You can as a business, you can participate. That's the you can uh, program. Uh, and so the idea is to on that there are, there's a QR code, there's a phone number, there's a you know report it to, to somebody. And so this young girl, I think she's 12 or 13, she went out to the counter and simply told the person behind the counter, "I saw your sticker, and that man out there is you know." taking me where I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And so then the person reported it to, to call the police, and they had him stop before he pulled out of the, the truck stop. That's the kind of thing that, like I said, if we just help one person, then this whole effort, it's been worth it. Hopefully we can be helping a number of people in what, these situations. Um, what you, the, your third uh, part of the third leg of the stool is uh, support for businesses. What do you want businesses to know or to do? I want them to come to our website or respond. We're sending it where we have emails for businesses. We are emailing them this information. We simply want them to respond and say, yes, sign me up. And with that, we will send them a packet of information. We'll send them information to train their employees. We'll send them these the stickers. Um, and then they can choose where to put them. You know, like I said, inside the stalls. It can be on the door as you, as you walk into the, uh, the business. Uh, a hotel in a hotel room. You know, they got Gideon's Bibles in, in rooms and so forth. Let's put a sticker inside, uh, you know, it, it, the room or whatever. Uh, any place where a victim might see that and then be able to say, oh, there are people out there willing to help. I just need to get it, the word to somebody. And what specifically are you doing here in Wheeling today? Uh, doing the several things. I've been invited by the Regional Economic Development uh, to, to participate in the uh, country uh, grand opening. Uh, and then I'm going to, to visit uh, other people uh, in the area, uh, probably talk with the uh, folks at the Intelligencer. So uh, I just I always enjoy uh, wheeling. I've got some great uh, friends and supporters up there, and I plan to mix it up with them. Well, you know, if you see McCabe, don't trust him. I don't trust McCabe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just joshing. And he's going to text me now and say, well, I don't trust you either, Monroe. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I didn't mean to get into the campaign too much, but I did want to just ask a couple of questions there. Thanks for uh, being willing to talk about that and for this human human trafficking issue, which is bigger than people realize. And I think it's an important thing for people to know about. So thank you for being concerned and thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Good to be with you. All right. West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. I told his people, Bob, I wasn't going to get into the campaign stuff, but I think Brad raised a couple of issues that I felt was kind of important to ask him about. So I did. Do we do a break? We do. It's four before the hour. Rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands, WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. 
from Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. The owners of First Choice Realtors are excited to announce they are now accepting applications for new real estate agents. The expert staff of First Choice Realtors will provide assistance to all applicants toward a successful pathway to a new career. First Choice Compensation Package for existing real estate agents is now offering up to 80% commission. Hurry and call now. 100% guaranteed application acceptance. 304 242 Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios, in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. If I sang out a tune, would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song and I'll try not to sing. We're getting by. We're going to get try. We're going to get high with a little help from our friends here on the Watchdog Morning Show. A couple till the top of the hour. After 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Marjorie uh, Kelly, who has written a book called Wealth Supremacy. Uh, she thinks the system is all messed up. Our financial system is all messed up, and she has ideas on. She says you can't reform it. you got to change it. Uh, I, I'm going to get criticism for this, but I thought it was an interesting concept. I'm not sure I agree with it. But it was an interesting concept, so I'll get some critique about this. But we'll talk to her coming up in the next hour of the show. Maybe some more thoughts about the death of Matthew Perry. Bob and I were talking about that earlier. And Bob, I got I saw on Facebook uh, this weekend, you know, we always talk about how the Ohio Valley Mall was what sucked uh, much of the business from downtown over to eastern Ohio. But there was something before the mall that took retail business out of our area and took it to the Buckeye State. And we'll talk about that coming up, too. All that's coming up next hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.